it's uh, there's a few letters after uh, Corinthians. Someone told me once that God eats pink custard, so that's how I remember it. G- Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. God eat God eats pink custard. There you go. Thank me later. Helps me anyway. So the passage we're looking at today is uh, chapter four, uh, verse one to to nine. It's a real like meaty one. So Katie and I are going to be sharing this talk, and we're going to focus in on verse four to verse seven because I feel like there's about there's about four sermons in here. Um, so rather than kind of like skimming over all of them, we're just going to focus on one, do a bit of a deep dive. Would anyone like to read this other than me? Steve Cole wants to do it. I just saw a poke. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Iodia, and I entreat the other one. Syntiac, to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have laboured side by side with me in the gospel together, with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learnt and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Lord God, we just give you this time. Just ask that you would lead us in truth. Lead us in your spirit. Lead us into your word. Oh, thank you for this passage. Thank you for this time. I pray that you would, you would open our minds, you would open our hearts to you afresh. Amen. I really like this passage. I love the first line. Just feel like we could stay there for the for the whole morning, but we're not going to. But it's my brothers whom I love and long for. My joy and crown. Just love that. Just that imagery of unity as as a, a crown. Stand firm in the Lord. My beloved. He calls them his beloved. I love that. And uh, the second section, it, he's clearly addressing an issue in the church. He's, 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 re- he's calling out to these women who are clearly powerful women who just serve in the Lord, serve in the ministry, where they've fallen out over something. And he's calling on them to kind of, he's calling on reconciliation, basically. He's looking to them to come and speak together and to 
and to come together. And then he's appealing to the whole community to help them, to help them to do that, encourage them to do that. And I love that, and I think that's a real important element of every church community is to help one another, to reconcile and to connect. We're not all going to agree on everything, but that's not the point. You know, we're, we are one because he is one, and we are one in him. And there's something about actually deciding that, no, we belong together. We belong to each other. So I just love that passage, that exaltation. And we're going to focus on this third one, but I just want to mention this fourth one. It's just a, a beautiful passage about what you, you focus your mind on. And again, I, you've got to give it some time, but it's such a beautiful passage of, of kind of what you, you allow your, your mind, your internal world to, to gaze on and to fix on. And ultimately, that's Jesus. It's the attributes of Jesus that we want to focus on. But we're not going to be talking about that today. We're going to be looking at the middle passage. And we're going to get really practical today. Whenever we kind of come across a, a passage that is um, that's a bit like this one, there are two things that might get in the way. So I just want to just acknowledge it straight away. So the first one is that it's quite familiar. Like we might have read this several hundreds of times, maybe or maybe just a few times, and it just it just looks quite familiar. Rejoice in the Lord. You know, you've you've heard that probably that phrase quite a few times. It might just be a water off a duck's back now, but I just want you just to acknowledge that and not. But but still engage with the passage. The second thing I just want to just say is um, it can feel a bit can feel a bit overwhelming. So rejoice in the Lord always sounds like quite a tall order. So I don't know if you read it and kind of go, no, I can't do that. I really can't do that. That's I'm going to fail. I'm not going to even try. That could also be a bit of a hindrance to engaging with this passage. So I want you to kind of, if if you kind of resonate with either of those two thoughts that this is, I you know I've read this hundreds of times, or I can't do this, this is too hard. Just want you to acknowledge that thought and pop it on the shelf, and let's just look at this with new eyes. Let's look at this afresh. Right, what could the Lord be saying to us today? We believe that the scripture is, is, is from God and he speaks through it every single day, all the time. So he's got something new to say from this passage. Cool. So rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. I don't know if that gospel song comes into your head as soon as... And again I say, again I say rejoice. You know that one? Just me. Anyway, so 16 times Paul says rejoice in the book of Philippians. And I think, you know, if you're reading a letter and, or even a, a message from someone and they keep saying the same thing over and over, you're kind of like, okay, got it. I get it. I got it. But 16 times he's clearly trying to land something here. And it's important that we just we give it time of day. I think we've, this has kind of been covered in a few of the talks, so I'm not going to labor the point. But rejoice is to kind of, kind of find the light in, is to find joy in something. So Paul is, is just keeps saying, 
Rejoice in the Lord. There's, there's a, a joy that can be found in him. And my personal journey is that when I behold him, when I see him, or when I encounter him, that's when I can kind of, it's kind of like um, a bow and arrow. You know, you get like a, a quiver, not like a quiver, but like a, a quiver with like arrows and, it is a quiver, right? Like, when we, when we encounter the Lord, when we behold him, when we kind of see him, when we see something of his beauty, of his glory, we, it's like getting an arrow and, and putting it in your quiver. And so when it comes to times when we can rejoice, we've got something ready to use. It's not just like coming up with something on top of your head like, um... And that's why like, reading the Word is really important and, and spending time slowing down and, 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 and acknowledging your journey with the Lord, acknowledging what He's done in your life already so that you, you've got something to rejoice in the Lord. Does that make sense? And so as we read the Scripture, we can also rejoice in what He's done elsewhere, whether that's in the Word or someone else's testimony, His nature, His heart, His affection for you, something that he might have said to you in your quiet time, something that he might have spoken to you when you were journaling or just writing something down or doing the washing up, that we can rejoice in the Lord, but we've got something to rejoice in. Does that make sense? So I just want to encourage you with that. This isn't like... um, This is quite an active thing to do. It's not something that you kind of bump into on the street. It's like, coincidentally, it's actually quite an active intentional thing to do to to rejoice in something and in this case it's the lord so it's it's a lifestyle invitation it's a choice the second thing i was wanted to highlight before setting up katie for what she's going to say is the kind of prelude to the rest of the passage is the lord is at hand we kind of touched this in the worship a little bit is that this is one of the for me, anyway, one of the sneakiest lies about, and one of the reasons why I don't pray as much as I'd like to pray, or why I, you know, I don't kind of offer him my thoughts, is that either consciously or unconsciously, I don't really believe that he's there or close to me. I believe that he's far off. Now, theologically, if you ask me, Joe, how close is the Lord? I'd say, oh, he's so close. He's so close to me. You know, he's, like we were saying earlier, you know, you, you know, the breath in my lungs, like that's how close you are, Lord. But there's the theological truth that we believe, and then there's the kind of like the kind of internal belief system that we have, and they don't always line up. So, um, I, you know, an example would have been really good here, wouldn't it? Oh, Katie's got one. Brilliant. Teamwork. Um, so I believe that God is close, but there are times in the day where actually I don't even bother to pray. And I kind of think, why didn't I pray about that? Why didn't I just give that to God? Why didn't I just do a quick little... Or like... Or, um, or whatever it is that you want to do. And I think when I th- reflect back on why, I actually just feel like, you know what? I don't know if God's... 
maybe there's a belief in, in me that maybe God isn't interested. Maybe, maybe he's not as close as I thought he was. And that's a lie I've got to deal with. That's a lie that I need to address and give to God. And actually, as, I, as I've gone on this spiritual journey, getting to know him and encountering him and hearing his words, often he'll give me little, like, phrases or pictures that really talk to me about that. Does that make sense? So I remember at university, I've shared this before, but I remember just vividly, I was, I was walking to a lecture, and I don't know if I was praying or not, I can't remember, but I, in my mind's eye, just, it's a picture of a huge ear, <laughs> This massive ear, and it was just in front of me. It was just like, okay. And I just felt the Lord say, I'm all ears. And it was his way of just saying, I'm your close one. I can hear you. I'm all ears. I just want to hear what you have to say. And that was just another layer of, of him just saying, actually, I am, I am close. Actually, I'm, I'm addressing that lie in your heart, which is you're far away. And so Paul here is addressing, he's creating a platform, he's saying, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. And it just leads on into the next bit. You're up for it. Come on, Katie. Let's go. when you said on Monday, like, ah, oh, do the talk. I spent quite a long time thinking, ah, oh, I've probably listened to hundreds of talks, probably thousands. But I was like, what makes a good Christ- like Christian talk? And I was like, hmm, need points? <laughs> Some people speaking like points. Um, and I was like, just need Jesus, you know, speak about him, and it'll all be fine. Um, so, don't know if it's a slide. Oh, yeah, great. Next one. Next one. Ready for it? Way! Look at that. And the next point. There we are. Great, look at that. Um, so, my first point. <laughs> um, it's this start of the verse. I've like broken it down even more. Do not be anxious about anything. Um, yeah, have no fear. Jesus spoke like a length about like worry. Um, like on a servant on the mount, he can talks. He says this thing. He says, "Therefore I tell you, don't be anxious for your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor yet for your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more about food and the body more about clothing? See the birds of the sky that they don't sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you of much more value than they?" And yeah, it was interesting. I went to a um, talk on Tuesday about housing the homeless and they spoke about kind of as people we house our stuff in barns you know we'll have a maybe a kind of normal account and then a cash ISA and then a savings account and maybe stocks and shares and then maybe like a mortgage and then a second home maybe a holiday home like maybe we don't all have that but <laughs> quite often we are you know we fill one account and then we have all these barns. It's almost like we're worried that, you know, we can't give it away because we need it for ourselves. And Jesus just says that we don't need to worry about life, about kind of, you know, food and drink and clothing. He kind of says he's, you know. But it's interesting because he, on the Sermon on the Mount, he doesn't talk that they're, he doesn't 
judge them and say these things aren't important. He, you know, he sees that. He um, values um, their, like, you know, he, like, values their worries in a way. Like, he sees that. And he's not like, why are you asking for these things? He just just saying don't be anxious don't be anxious about them give them to me throughout the old and new testaments we find similar instructions not to fear there's loads i've got on numbers 49 deuteronomy 121 i won't go on <laughs> but basically it talk, the bible talks a lot about worry and not to worry um but also like the flip side of this is kind of like he's not calling us for a life of like idleness and laziness Quite often, I think we can sometimes feel like, I'll get on to it in a minute, but if, like, we have all these worries and God knows all our thoughts, then we don't need to, like, pray about them. We don't need to give them to him. Um, you know, Paul has written lots of letters, and there's one called Thessalonians, and, he, you know, he wrote to them and he said, you know, like, he heard that some of them were, like, refusing to work because they'd heard this kind of, like, oh, don't be worried, you know. And so they were like, oh, we won't you know work because god will provide for us um and he actually kind of advises the christian community around him to like kind of say no that's like not right you know um yeah so it's not a call for idleness i'll get on to the next point <laughs> yeah and there's this one thing coming up yeah perfect so what does it call us to do then um, if it's not a call for idleness, what is it? So um, Paul notes that the opposite to worry is to pray and to do it in thanksgiving. So um, similar to Joe, said, um, Paul mentions come to God a lot with a thankful heart um, and rejoice in his name for everything he's done. Mel's not actually here, but um, she spoke. We had an alpha on Thursday. And she spoke about prayer this week, which was very handy. Um, and she actually shocked me and said that 80% of the UK population pray. And actually, it's a lot more of like teenagers and younger people pray more than the older generation, which was a bit like interesting. And I don't know, I think it just confirmed that like everyone can pray and like all generations, any time, any place. Um, and that's because like prayer is just simply communication you know like all relationships thrive on communication relationships friendships um yeah and that's just simply what prayer is and like when i wrote this down i was actually a bit like whoa like i feel like i just wanted to like stop the talk there like just for a second because i was just like how amazing is that like the god that spun the world into motion um, created life, died on the cross, we can like come to and communicate to. I remember, you know, kind of when I realised the magnitude of God and realised kind of how small I was, kind of felt a bit overwhelming, kind of felt a bit like, gosh, you know, this is quite a big, you know, God's quite a big being, it can be a bit daunting. Um, but it's good to know that it is just communicating, communicating, and it's communicating with your maker who loves you, you know, it's not a yeah, it's nothing to fear. There's no, you know, yeah, it's good. So, yeah, similar to communicating, similar, this kind of daunting feeling, this overwhelming feeling. It can sometimes feel like that because um, it's like meeting a friend who you haven't, like, if you haven't prayed for a long time, sometimes like meeting a friend that you haven't seen for a long time, like that kind of aunt or grandma. Sometimes you're a bit like, sometimes feel a bit like awkward or a bit like, new um 
and but like the more you do it like the closer friends you have the more like dialogue you have with them and you start to have like your own inside jokes and phrases that you use um and martin shared this amazing testimony at margaret's celebration of life and he talked about how um he was in a prayer meeting and they were all in little groups and how um they went round in the group sharing you know pra- praying and as it got to kind of margaret's turn um Martin just like opened his eyes because the way Margaret was speaking to, you know, fa- her father and to Jesus, it was almost like Martin just thought like a friend had just tapped her on the shoulder and she was like, "All right, love, you know, how's it going, you know?" And just speaking so, like it like a friend, like a really close friend. So Martin like opened his eyes. And Margaret was there just like praying, and he was like, "Wow, her relationship was so close that, you know, there was no difference between how she spoke to God, how she spoke to her friends." That was really like, wow, that's amazing, isn't it? I think following on from Joe's point and rejoicing and um, doing it with a thankful heart, for me, it's something that I find, I'll go on to pot so I don't find it so easy, but for me, I find it's quite easy. Um, I constantly look around and just see things that I just am so thankful for, for friends, for um, a roof over my head. Um, And sometimes, like, you know, if you feel really worried, sometimes the f- realization that actually, like, you look at the stars and see the billions of stars, or like, I've got a picture on my phone, is like, I've got messages, hang on. <laughs> um, and it's like the pebbles on the beach, and realizing there's just like millions of grains of sand and loads of pebbles just kind of makes you realize how, s- like, small you are. Somehow the problems seem to, like, shrink, and um, not that you're unimportant. Sorry, this is a bit like, <laughs> but does, just because for me that really helps to know that like there's you know god of creation and that actually you know he's there for me but for me seeing all things makes me realize that my problems are quite small um yeah so my last point the last bit let your request be made known to god yeah so this is the bit that i find a little bit more tricky um you know uh yeah and i was speaking earlier about kind of homelessness and that's what you know my heart really cries and breaks to see those people and um i have to quit like currently homeless because the thought that they'll always be homeless just kind of yeah i can't comprehend um, it's also quite interesting to note that they're homeless, not houseless. You know, they're looking for security, a place to relax, to feel safe in. And so, you know, we're talking about that, Joe's talking about that kind of alignment. Like, we have the theology that we know that God will provide, we know that God will um, surpass, you know, all understanding. Um, but actually going and asking for that can sometimes feel a bit like, again, a bit daunting, a bit overwhelming. And, you know, we have talked, started thinking about like, why is that? Why are we believing lies? So, like Joe said, like, are we believing that you know God's not near, that He can't answer that, or the unbelief that He just won't give, that we'll ask for it, but then nothing will happen? Um, sometimes you might get stuck with kind of, well, who am I to ask? Kind of, you know, why why should I ask? Or others need more. Um, yeah, or you might read the first bit and think, oh, I'll ask for everything in thankfulness. But if I ask for something, does that mean I'm greedy? Does that mean 
that kind of thing. And I just think it's like you just want to shut them all away. You want to like throw away all those lies because we don't need to be bashful in letting God know the desires of our hearts. He knows them anyway. Yeah, but he just loves that kind of communication like a parent loves communication with their children, you know. So yeah, I just really want to encourage. Just give it all. Nothing is too small or too big. Again, in Alpha, we've been sharing this kind of story and Tom and Mel, I'm going to say it again, but, you know, there's a verse in Matthew 7, 7, which is like, ask and you shall receive. But the handle of the door is on your side. Like, God's just not going to walk in, like, unannounced. Though sometimes he does do that. But, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the handle's on your side. It's you that's got to pull it. And he'll come in by his spirit. It's good. Yeah, recently we've been doing these student breakfasts where we invite about 15 people around our house every fortnight, um, every three weeks. And um, yeah, I recently, well, we, Tom and I, have recently been, um, well, I found this like deck of cards, which is like um, got really good questions on. And some people just pick them up at random or some people will go through the cards and choose the question they want. And last, about not the one just this Saturday, but the one the week before, um, a student picked up this one, which says, what are you praying for that is impossible without God? And sometimes I feel like in those kind of breakfasts, there people, because I'm like hosting it, people, I sometimes feel like I'm like leading it, like leading the discussion. And when this question came up, I was like, I'm just going to sit back and let someone else take this one because that is a big question what are you praying for that is impossible without God and it did it stopped me in my tracks and it's quite funny because that was on the Saturday and on the Tuesday a girl in my like theology group she um, heard the news so I'm in the Bristol hub and she heard that the Cheltenham hub were going to Kenya for their mission trip so we're going to Albania in June and they're going to Kenya in March yeah it's really soon um, and she's been to Kenya before and really felt her heart break for people there. She really wanted the opportunity to go back there. Um, so first of all, she had to ask permission to see if she could go and see if everything was allowed. Then she had to see if there was a seat on the plane to make sure that she could actually go and visas and her passport was all up to date. And then that all went through. And the next week, she broke her foot. And she went to the hospital and they took x-rays. They were like, yeah, you've broken it in three places. But they didn't send her home with a cast or like one of those funny boot things that you like walk with. Um, and so as like, you know, three years in nursing school, I'm kind of like, you need to go back. You need to go back and get a cast or a boot because, you know. But everyone around me was like, oh, we need to pray. We need to pray that this gets healed and you'll be fine. So I was like, okay, yeah, fair, prayer. I've, I've seen, you know, people being healed by prayer before, you know, we're praying. People got around her and we all started praying. And some guy was like, oh, do you want to stand? Do you want to see? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, you know, bearing in mind that, like, even if you touched her leg, you know, it was going to cause a lot of pain. And I was just there, like, but again, you're full of, like, surrounded by Christians. And you're just like, don't say anything, don't say anything. This unbelief is, like, inside you, like, what is she doing? And then she she starts to stand, and she's like, oh. I'm just there, like, literally waiting to see the pain in her eyes. She just stands. And then the guy goes, oh, do you want to start walking? I was like, don't do that. 
And then she just started, like, very, like, limp, you know, but she started to walk, and you're like, something's not right. Like, what's going on here? And also, like, what's gone in here? You know, that alignment thing where I've seen people have been healed before and 100% believe it, and 100% believe what's happening in front of my eyes, but still a bit like, what's going on? And it was funny because a couple of weeks later, she had gone to the hospital to have, like, a check-up, um... And the doctors looked at her and they said, oh, yeah, I don't know what's happened, but in two weeks, three bones have healed, you know. And I, but still, this is amazing, hallelujah, great. Um, but, you know, I said, oh, did you have x-rays? And oh, they said, oh, I didn't have x-rays. So still inside me, I was like, they need to check. Like, why didn't they do x-rays? Surely you should have done x-rays to check that these bones were fused. But they were just so like, no, like physio- physiology, the fact that you can walk, the fact that you can stand on it without any pain. So it's still that unbelief that kind of like needed that proof, the x-ray proof, you know, the fact that she could even walk somehow was like, wasn't enough. So yeah, God's definitely been challenging me about this. Can I also add that she raised a thousand pounds in two weeks too, so she could afford to go. Like, that is provision. That is like, God is doing something. Amazing. So quickly to wrap up. Next slide. Sorry, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so this is just verse 7. So, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds. So, peace, from what I'm looking at Tony for this one, in Greek is Irene. Great. Thanks. Um, So, it's quite a significant word. It occurs probably nearly 100 times in the New Testament and has its roots in the Hebrew word shalom. Look at this, yeah. Getting nods on there. Um, Which is frequently used in the Old Testament. So yeah, our minds are wonderful things, aren't they? They make it possible for us to, you know, assess and reason and solve problems and they make it possible for us to enjoy relationships, to create things um, and they also make it possible for us to know God. It's really cool. But it can also, our mind can also kind of be debased, corrupted. It talks about that in Romans and Timothy. Um, and our minds, it talks about how our minds need to be conformed you know, not to this world, but be transformed. And I think when we see miracles happen, it kind of, for me, it kind of goes against everything that we know. Kind of that, you know, three years of nursing school, very much learned, <laughs> you know, bones don't normally heal in two weeks. Um, or what people around us think and believe. And, like, it's, it's funny, isn't it, that, like, miracles aren't on the front news, front page of the newspaper, or they aren't, like, on your Instagram feed. Like, they happen every day, but we don't see them bit weird isn't it um the greek word hyper echo which is where transcends or surpasses comes from speaks of something that is higher something that is better something that's more excellent than anything else and as uh, wonderful as our minds can be to be aligned with god paul says that like the peace of god is even more wonderful than that it has the capacity to stand guard to protect our hearts and our minds the very core of our being I'm not sure whether you've ever felt like that. Kind of like, there's definitely been times in my life where I've kind of gone day to day where I've thanked, you know, God for, you know, oh, you know, thank you for my friend or thank you for that lovely breakfast or thank you for that, but not actually giving the real deep stuff, the stuff that I'm really worried about over. It's almost like, oh no, it's all right, you know. Or like, you know when you like have seen a friend a couple of times but you still feel like you haven't properly like caught up with them? You know, you've seen them in the shops or, you know, 
and you still don't feel like you've probably caught up with them and then you do and you share everything and they ask questions and you go deeper into conversation and they leave and you suddenly just feel so much more like you know that weight has been lifted off your shoulders those worries have been shared and although you can get that from a friend like the peace that you get from God is like so much more than that it's like yeah I don't know how to explain it it's just so like so good um so my last little bit is how can we do this so like I said prayer is simply communication and how you communicate to your friends might be different to how you know, so how Hannah communicates with her friends might be different to how Tom communicates with his friend. Some people love to text and have a big text conversation. That really, like, I hate that. <laughs> I'm much more into, like, calling a friend or sending voice messages to each other, hearing their voice, hearing the tone of their voice. You know, that's how I like to communicate. Um, and so, yeah, so prayer or communicating to God will look different for every one of you. It can be structured. Oh, I don't know if I have it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so it can be structured like a certain time of day where that's like your morning coffee or like in the evening um it can be structured in the sense of like what you pray for each day um i remember in third year i really felt like my prayer life needed a bit more structure so i kind of um monday was for charity organizations and tuesday was for people who aren't who didn't know jesus or wednesday was flatmates and like different kind of categories each day um some people keep a prayer journal, write all their prayers down, and then you can go back to it and see if they've been answered, which is, can be really powerful. Um, Joy, used when I came to Ramot, when I first came to Ramot, um, Joy talked about this chair in my room that she used to sit on in the morning and look out the window and just spend time with God, and that's the way she did it. And recently I got reminded of this. It's now the chair I put all my clothes on. <laughs> and it's never empty really um and I felt really guilty for that kind of thinking that this chair which was kind of almost like not sacred but kind of like it was a place where someone had had their quiet time with God and I was kind of just throwing my clothes on it it kind of felt really like I don't know I felt really quite guilty for that and then it's only until writing this that I felt realized that actually there was no need because the way I communicate is very different to the way that Joy communicates and actually, for me, I like speaking out loud. And so quite often you might, well, I don't know if anyone sees me, but quite often I'll walk somewhere and I'll just be speaking out loud. That can be quite daunting. So what sometimes I do, I use my phone and I just go along like, hi, God, yeah, that's nice, yeah. Oh, yeah, so today I'm just wondering, um, I've got this talk on Sunday and I just like, that is how I do, that is how I personally, that's how I pray. Um, which is quite funny when the phone then rings and you're, <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Um, or it can be, yeah, or like your walk in a prayer walk can be really good. I remember when I first went to university in this girl called Rachel, some of you might know her, Rachel Hawkins, and we used to walk from Frenchay campus to Glenside campus and we used to pray the whole time and I'd never prayed with my eyes open before because she started, oh, we're going to pray. So I was like, okay. You know, like, how do you... And she just, like, like had her eyes open, you know, was praying. But, like, yeah, yeah. I had my eyes closed. And I was like, oh, you can open your eyes and pray. You know, it was like a new revelation. Yeah, it can be journaling, songwriting, 
or you know having little reminders i made this quite funny actually i only found this last night too little key ring don't worry about anything but pray about everything philippians 4 6 that i think i made probably when i was about 15 years old and had all my exam pencil case quite cool little reminders like that so the end point is that prayer yeah prayer is crucial for maintaining a joyful christian life um and on monday when i said He said these things. He said, "Think of the path. Think like um, read the passage and think, what is required of me, and what is on God." And I thought this was really good, very practical kind of. For us, it's just praying with thankfulness and asking God instead of worrying about things. You know, Mel talked again on. Oh, I feel like I'm copying quite a few points, but she talked about how worrying was like a rocking chair, didn't she? And how, you know. It doesn't get you anywhere, you know, it'll just stay there. Um, you know, it's good to ask instead of worry. And then let everything happen, you know, leave God to do the rest. You know, nothing, let nothing on us. Leave it all to him. Amen, let's pray. Thank you, Lord.